Faith and Bigora in this economy? Well, it's the Disenfranchised Podcast, and happy St. Patrick's Day from all of us. That's right, we're that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and uh, joining me, as always, the man who uh, gives the luck to the Irish because his Irish eyes are always smiling. It's Mr. Brett O'Right. Hello, Brett. Top of the morning, Stephen. And also with you, my friend. Uh, how are we doing on this fine St. Patty's Day? Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, sounding better. Yeah, say, better. Listen to the voice. It's clear. Mm-hmm. It's back to its normal, I don't know what self. That 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 rich, lustrous baritone. Is it? All right. You think so? <laughs> We'll just go with it. Sure, why not? You can hear it. I, I, you know, it sounds different in my head. So right, sure, sure. I mean, our heads are what? Just their own kind of separate echo chamber. Uh, I'm amazed I can even listen to this podcast. I find my voice so obnoxious. But hey, someone liked out there likes it and listens to this podcast, and we are grateful for you, my friends. And hey, do we have a St. Patty's Day surprise for you? Uh, they may be after me, Lucky Charms, but. Uh, in this episode, we got a little something different for him. Brett, what movie are we covering to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? We're going to talk about uh, an attempt to reboot the Leprechaun franchise. Leprechaun Origins from 2014. Yes, the 2014 film Leprechaun Origins. Leprechaun Origins. The first of the franchise to actually take place in Ireland. Uh, if you like bad Irish accents, buckle in, because, uh, oh boy, I got a bunch of them. Uh, directed by Zach Lipovsky and starring uh, WWE superstar Dylan Hornswoggle Postal, uh, and also Stephanie Bennett, Andrew Dunbar, Melissa Roxburgh, Brendan Fletcher, Gary Chalk, and Teach Grant. The man's name is Teach, Brett. Mm-hmm. Parents chose to name him that for some reason. That, that's that's a thing that happened. And uh, and yeah, this is um, here's the thing, Brett. If you hadn't told me that this film was directly connected uh, to the Leprechaun franchise, well, you didn't tell me. But had it not been, you know, marketed as a a reboot of the Leprechaun franchise, I would not have known that this movie was part of the Leprechaun franchise at all. I wouldn't have either, because uh, I expected. There to be more wise cracking, wise cracking, goofy, you know, uh, Warwick Davis style leprechaun shenanigans. Um, instead, what we got was a terrible cryptid movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, a uh, an ancient Irish cryptid, uh, and they just. Call it a leprechaun because shrug, I guess. Why not? Yeah, look, let me tell you, we can get into it here in a little bit because I brought the lore. Um, I brought the lore to you. Are we are we taking a trip to Brett's lore corner? Uh, we haven't in a long time. The uh, Lorner, as it were. I, I don't know if we want to call it that, um, <laughs> but we'll roll with it for now. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, I uh, just a little sneak peek. Um, at the leprechaun depicted in this film, mm-hmm. not a single bit of lore supports it. Uh, hey. not, not even a little bit. This, I don't even know. It feels like they wrote a movie and then slapped leprechaun on it. Um, 
I mean, probably. Just a monster that likes a monster that likes gold in Ireland. I know it's a leprechaun. It's got to be a leprechaun because what else could it possibly be? Um, yeah. So, uh, Brett, I know we um, we did this behind the paywall recently, but what is your uh, what is your history? What is your familiarity with the leprechaun franchise? Yeah, you, uh, you know, friends, listeners, patrons out there, um, you're gonna hear some, you're gonna hear some overlap uh, this episode. Don't worry. Um, I mean, that's what happens when we cover the sixth and then seventh episode or uh, installments of a franchise. I guess that's true. True, true. That's true. Um, but anyway, yeah, not none. Um, it, look. Le- the Leprechaun franchise was one of those horror franchises that I heard about tangentially. Nobody I knew watched them. The horror fans that I knew didn't really watch them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know really anything about them beyond the Wayne's World sketch. Um, I'm the Leprechaun! Yeah, uh, that's it. No, you're freaking me out, man! Stop it! I'm the leprechaun. Ah, it's scary. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> uh, go look that up on YouTube. Comic oh, Gold. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but that's that's all I knew about it. And and then over time, you know, you hear because, I mean, I, I worked at Blockbuster mm-hmm. in high school uh, and eventually you just notice that they're just going straight to straight to video. Mm hmm. And once you notice that a movie franchise is going straight to video, you automatically know, well, I don't need to watch that ever. They were straight to video starting at entry number three, Brett. Yeah, pretty went right to it. And I didn't really care after that. Um, I heard they heard they were bad because mm-hmm. like there's there's bad horror franchises that are still beloved mm-hmm. that people For still instance, talk about. Um, I would argue Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a okay terrible horror franchise that people love. Here's the thing: I I really only like two of those movies in that franchise, so I I I see your point. It makes some sense to me. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, but this is one that's like nobody nobody talks about. Well, they're they're so bad they're good actually. Mm. No, nobody says that about these movies. They just say they're bad. It's true. Yet they yet. made they made six of them in the original run. Mm-hmm. This remake, and then they tried to requel it mm-hmm. just a couple years ago in 2018, the same year they requeled Halloween. One of those requels got a sequel. The other requel did not. And I'll let you guess which one that is. You won't need to guess if you've been paying attention to the horror discourse in the last year. So, yeah, I just I've never had a desire to watch the Leprechaun movies. And let me tell you, over the past few days, (laughs) I was right. (laughs) So this was something that for whatever reason, I got a bug in my bonnet last year last October to just watch the leprechaun movies because they were on, um, they were on Peacock. Um, and so I watched the first three before I stopped. Uh, and I was just like, maybe I'll get back to those eventually. Well then based on that, I got the idea, Hey, 
we've got a main feed episode literally dropping on St. Patrick's Day. So what better way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day than by watching a god-awful Leprechaun movie? Uh, and so we did. We we scheduled Leprechaun Origins. And then I also decided, hey, you know what? Unenfranchised, our Patreon exclusive show, falls on the 15th. That's two days before St. Patrick's Day. Let's watch another god-awful Leprechaun movie. So we did. We watched Leprechaun back the number two, T-H-A hood, back to the hood. Uh, and uh, I think between the two of those things, Brett has uh, lost his will to live on this planet. Yeah, because um, I only got 45 minutes into Leprechaun 6, mm-hmm. back to the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is a sequel to Leprechaun 5, Leprechaun in the hood. Yes. The spelled T-H-E. But five does not end how six opens like you think it would. No. Which is weird. Because, and here's another thing that we talked about on our on our Patreon episode. Seriously, uh, if you're not a $5 patron, then you're missing out on our monthly show, Unenfranchised, where we talk about movies that killed off your favorite franchises, or in this case, your least favorite franchises. Uh, but we talked about uh, Matrix, Re- uh, Matrix Revolutions, uh, with our friend Hope Lickner. We talked about Scream 4 with our friend Brian Kuyper. Uh, we talked about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation in what is now our lost episode, May It Rest in Peace. And we most recently talked about Leprechaun Back to the Hood. So we do get into these movies, but something I mentioned on that episode, Brett, is that this franchise has no sense of continuity whatsoever. So when I realized we were going to be doing this, I decided I was going to watch the rest of the movies in the Leprechaun franchise. So I sat down and I watched four and five and six and this one. I have yet to watch Leprechaun Returns, but I have to save something to watch on actual St. Patrick's Day. So there we go. Um, but that's um, that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, here's the thing. There is not a good movie in this franchise. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Leprechaun 2 is mediocre at best. But I mean, this is like the epitome of like a low budget move, a low budget franchise. It goes off the rails almost immediately. Um, and then it stays off the rails like it. It knows what it is and it doubles down on it and becomes even more ridiculous as it goes on. Um, and I, I mean, and here's the thing. Warwick Davis got work for an entire decade off of that franchise. So can it really be bad if it's paying Warwick Davis's bills? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And hell, the Leprechaun franchise went to space before Jason did. That's right. By five years, Leprechaun was out in space five years before Jason was X. So uh, Jason X, by the way, a movie featuring uh, one of our favorites, David Cronenberg, who had his birthday yesterday as of the recording of this episode. So let that be a little timestamp for you. I don't know. Um, but yeah, David Cronenberg uh, in Jason X. He's like the scientist at the beginning who like puts Jason in cryosleep. One of those things where, you know, David Cronenberg just shows up in something. As he is wont to do. As he is wont to do. And here's the thing. We love him for it. We truly, truly love him for it. Indeed. Go listen to our Nightbreed episode. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Maybe our best episode ever? Question mark? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Well, that's what Who's the fans tell us. That's, that's what we've been told. Is, you know. Thank you, fans, for, for voting that our, our best episode ever. 
Maybe. I don't know. If you do. Hey, it's a good episode. Um, and hey, you know what else is going to be a good episode? Our Leprechaun Origins episode, Brett, because we are mm-hmm. right in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Not, mm, no. Brett, we're, we're only 12 minutes into this episode, Brett. I need you to be a little more positive about the outcome of how this is going to go. Hell yeah. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Man, I love Leprechaun Origins. It's so good. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Leprechaun Origins. All right. So um, I don't know, man. Let's let I mean, what else is there to say about the Leprechaun franchise? It's it's six movies with very little, if any, kind of continuity. The Leprechaun's motivations change from movie to movie. His powers change from movie to movie. Uh, it just gets increasingly more ridiculous as it goes on. And you know what? That's kind of its charm. Like you, you mentioned on the um, unenfranchised episode that this is a franchise for a specific kind of horror fan. And if you are into that particular kind of horror, that's probably something that you're going to enjoy. If it's not, then you probably won't. And you know what? It's okay to like a movie. If Leprechaun is your favorite franchise, awesome. I'm happy for you. It's not one of mine, but I'm glad you enjoy it. If it is not your favorite franchise, you and I can commiserate together. I happen to agree, but you know what? That's cool too. It's okay to like a movie, not like a movie. We're going to still talk about them either way. So, so there you go. Yeah. Look, like what you like. We won't judge. Just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. That's all. That's all we ask. Just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. I mean, if you, Um, if you like this one, I have some mm-hmm. questions. Um, I'm going to have some questions for you. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this, Brett. Let me let me just get this out of the way, because you mentioned uh, that you only made it 45 minutes into Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Uh, did you actually finish Leprechaun Origins? I almost didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was real close. Uh, uh <laughs> I can't I can't quite put my finger. I, I don't remember exactly when I almost turned it off. Because there were it, no fart jokes to point to in this movie. No, I, I it, it might have been around the point where oh I know. I know when it was. Um when the leprechaun air quotes there for air the quotes, listener at home. Um first attacks uh the the cottage. Hmm. Um, I don't remember any of the characters' names. Sure. Uh, so they're they're as memorable as you know a blank sheet of paper. They're also not likable at all. Nope. Any of them. We'll get into it. I'm sure. <laughs> um. So when when that one is freaking out, um, and they just flat out laugh at her. Hmm. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like she, uh, she sees something outside and they're all like, oh, you dumb bitch. Like you're just like fucking really guys. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's where I almost turned it off. Cause I, I was getting bad vibes off of all four of them. I mean, from the, from the get go. Honestly, I'm getting those vibes even before that scene in the pub where like the boyfriend is clearly like gaslighting this girl like it's clear their relationship is on the rocks and everyone there is just kind of humoring her uh, up to a point. And the boyfriend seems the least interested in humoring his own girlfriend. 
And she's like, I don't know, maybe I'll move out to the East Coast with you. And he's like, oh, just really like standoffish and dickish about it. And like never really like commits to her the entire rest of the movie. Like eventually, like she kind of like talks to him about it a little bit and he kind of like and ignores her. And then after that, it's just a madcap rush for survival. And we never come back to that thread again. Once. No, I come back to that thread once. Did I miss it? Was I making dinner at that point? (laughs) Uh, cause it's the stupidest fucking thing. Oh, maybe I forgot it. Cause it was the stupidest fucking thing. Uh, when they, when they're the only two left alive and they're running to the truck and she trips over nothing like you do in a whole this, movie. Okay. Yes. This. Um, okay. Yes. I do remember this now that you mentioned and it. he leaves her behind. Yep. Straight up leaves her behind. And she does um, call him on it later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as sort of, it's, Look, you know it's it's intentionally supposed to be like a callback to mm-hmm. how their relationship is going, and you know maybe maybe they're going to work it out, and maybe this terrible ordeal will bring them together. Uh, no, no one no, wants no. to see that. First of all, it's a horror movie. We want to see everybody die. Yeah, but like, do you really need to bring it up now? Um, <laughs> when you're running for your life. And you have to run from this terrible monster that is going to just disembowel you. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, rip the gold off of your body with very little disregard for what's in its way. Yeah. Uh, you're going to bring that up now? Yeah. You're really going to go, why did you leave me behind? Yeah. Why didn't you try to save me? Well, and because here's the thing. Earlier in the movie, when old boy with the busted with the busted leg falls over, she goes running back for him like it's nothing. She's just like, oh, I'll save you, random friend, like random guy my best friend is dating. Um, okay, whatever. So, I mean, you get the idea that this is what she expects because this is what she would do. But let's be honest. She's probably better than everybody else. You're giving this movie way too much credit, Steve. I am. No, I I am absolutely giving this movie too much credit. Don't even think I don't recognize it. Um, yeah, no, definitely giving this movie way too much credit. Well, look, okay, so before before we deep dive, because I feel like we're getting very close to the plot in sixty seconds here, we're we're, we're nosing our way, man. Uh, let me let me get some lore out of the way. Let's go to the Lorner people. It's Brett's lore corner. Okay, so Leprechauns, absolutely nothing like this movie. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, the lore in the first Leprechaun movie, pretty good. Uh, it was actually researched. Mark Jones actually did research on Leprechaun lore. Good. Good. That's good to hear. Because, um, look, here's the thing. As you might expect, uh, Irish people in general uh, hate most of what uh, the West has done uh, to... Uh, folklore irish folklore um i can't imagine yeah it's difficult to believe <laughs> you you go over there talking about shillelaghs and top of the morning and leprechauns you might get a pint of guinness shoved in your face um, yeah or maybe through your abdomen like that bong and back to the hood yeah don't remind me <laughs> i did just remind you um so, because I mean, they're they don't really wear green most of the time. They're depicted with red mm-hmm. suits, um, and they like mischief. They like playing tricks, but it's never anything devious. It's never anything like murderous. Um, they just want to like misplace your hat. 
<laughs> they just want to like move your keys five inches to the left so you forget where they're at. Wow, uh, uh, those little rapscallions. Yeah, and they and look, do they love gold? Sure. Who doesn't? Yeah, and do they? Are there some stories where there's rainbows and pots of said gold? Sure, but that's based on why not? Um, old, like old uh, wars, and people would bury gold in the battlefield um, to sort of like hide it. Uh, I guess is how I interpreted that. Uh, the few articles I didn't really mention that a whole lot. Uh, pots of gold with leprechauns aren't really like as prevalent as you would think, mm-hmm. but. That is one of the things that's mentioned. Uh, and yeah, like they're just, they're, they're fairies. They're, they're just like the she, just like any other she is, um, which is the European term for like a fairy or the group of fairies spelled S I D H E. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're not, they're definitely not, not, no. Based on the beginning of six, they that that bit of six's lore for the leprechaun seems to imply that he's he's an outcast. Mm-hmm. He does what he wants to do, which again is completely inconsistent with the five movies that preceded it. Yeah. So, but otherwise, lepre leprechauns aren't murderous. They wouldn't kill. They wouldn't kill somebody over some gold. All right. Well, good to know. Um, yeah. And this movie seems to kind of do the, the only nod to the folklore in this movie is, uh, there's a book at one point that happens to like have some runes in it. And the, the, the quote unquote history buff of the group, our, our final girl, uh, indicates that the monster is something called a Tuatha de Danan, if Wikipedia is to be believed, which she then translates to leprechaun weirdly. So. I don't even know if those are the same thing in Irish folklore, but in this movie they are. Cause who cares that now that I didn't look up. Um, so that's a really good question. I wonder if that is even a real thing uh, or if it's just some Irish gibberish that the producers of this movie looked up. Well, according to Wikipedia, uh, it is a phrase meaning the folk of the goddess Danu. Uh, they're a supernatural race in Irish mythology thought to represent the main deities of the pre-Christian Gaelic Ireland. Uh, they constitute a, pa- a pantheon whose attributes appeared in a number of forms throughout the Celtic world. Thank you, Wikipedia. Well, hey, look at that. Doing some supplemental work here in the lower corner. Thank you, Stephen. No problem, man. Hey, we're we're all we're all we're all doing our part. Yeah, I just I just looked up leprechaun lore. I did not look up uh, the leprechaun lore of this movie. Uh, and I, I'm literally on this movie's Wikipedia page in anticipation of having to do the plot in sixty seconds. So, so yeah, so they're not even, they're not even leprechauns. Right. They're, that seems to be the indication, at least in this movie, they, they kind of conflate whatever they're supposed to be with a leprechaun just to say, ah, it's a leprechaun movie. I don't know. It, which is frustrating because that, I mean, that's exactly why the Irish people hate what the West has done to their folklore. Correct. Like you're, you're just you're taking this thing that because based on that description, that could be a number of different. You said, like you said, the Irish pantheon. Right. Like, And I mean, based on the fact that 
we are now increasingly a post-literate society. Most people are getting their knowledge of anything from movies instead of books. So our knowledge of folklore is pretty much going to come from the most popular um, franchise that happens to have anything to do with Irish folklore, the Leprechaun franchise. He can't even say it with a straight face, and yet somehow it's true. And we laugh to keep from crying. I'm incredibly happy this movie didn't do better because had it done better, this this could potentially be what we think leprechauns are. Right. Because Americans are that stupid. They are. And we are. And, and, uh, but I mean, this falls very much in the tradition of the gritty horror reboot that was very much the thing throughout the early 2000s, starting from the year that the previous entry in this franchise came out, 20, 2003. Uh, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot to to bring that franchise back, you know, and we mentioned this like that becomes kind of the predominant theme in horror is the gritty reboot when you can't get another Freddy versus Jason movie made. I don't know. Let's just reboot both those franchises in a really dark and gritty way. And hey, you know who could probably do with a dark and gritty franchise reboot? The Leprechaun. Here's the thing, though. This movie has the the skeleton of a good reboot. To me, in my in my opinion, anyway, it, it, the skeleton is there. Like you have, you have the folklore. You're setting it in some place other than America, which is already doing great work. I mean, the only the only movie in the Leprechaun franchise set anywhere other than America is Leprechaun Four, in space. Which is insane to me. You're going to make leprechaun movies and never said at least one of them in Ireland? I, right. The hell is wrong with you? Yeah. So the fact that it's it's set in Ireland, you're doing sort of the same, like, cabin in the woods mm-hmm. story, but you're doing it in Ireland with Irish folklore. Right. That is the skeleton of a really good, I mean, it's, it's, it's. In the in the in the very tiniest Lacroix style way, you're doing Midsummer a little bit, like you're sure. setting this horror story in a completely foreign country, in the backwoods of this foreign country. So it's mm-hmm. even scarier because you're even more disconnected than you normally would be. I mean, you've got four people, uh, you know, f- four four college students living in a cabin in the woods. I mean, it's got that Evil Dead vibe to it. Uh, the tall grass stuff is reminiscent of like the Jurassic Park movies. Like you've got like these kind of more successful elements from other movies. It's just this movie is not even as good as the sum of its parts. Like the townsfolk that are pretending to be nice because they have to begrudgingly make a sacrifice to this thing. Yeah, very like hot fuzz by way of like American Werewolf in London kind of. Yeah, there, there's there is a skeleton of a good movie here, and it's it's ultimately what carried me through to the end of the movie Mm -hmm. it's what to that ridiculous post-credits jump scare yeah um (laughs) or or that reveal that oh there there's multiple leprechauns oh how would you even do a sequel to this movie i have no idea (laughs) you call it leprechauns colon origin because you know subject verb agreement then you get a ragtag group of irish space marines um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm spitballing. Hollywood, hire me. <laughs> no, here's what you do. You get you get a group of treasure hunters who go looking for the leprechaun's gold. And I don't know. You do kind of aliens, but with leprechauns. I don't know. 
maybe. No, Ripley's there for some reason. Oh. Yeah, and and it's our Sigourney Weaver. Sure, why not? They couldn't. I mean, here's the thing: this movie would have had to do incredibly well to get Sigourney Weaver. And spoiler alert: it did not. No, like you, like you had a final girl at the end who's a history buff. She comes back. She's the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she's she's got to be the Ripley type that helps these Space Marines take down these leprechauns. Space Marines. <laughs> space Marines in Ireland for some reason. Sure, why not? Yeah. Earth is asteroid four seven whatever the asteroid is for me. I forget what the name yeah. of the asteroid is. You got a guy with a terrible Irish accent saying "game over, man." This game over, man. Game over. See, I wasn't going to do it because I'm sure my Irish accent is garbage. Well, uh, I mean, my my Irish accent is a combination of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings and like the stereotypical Irish brogue from like Lucky the Leprechaun and stuff. So, you know, it's just you bring those two things together and I don't know, maybe you kind of sound something like this. I don't know. Irish. You dipped a little bit into Ringo there. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I forgot what I was doing there for half a second. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to say I'm drunk, but I'm not actually drunk. Um, I'm not. I'm really not. But, you know, whatever. I'm tired. Not, it's been a long. It's been a long month. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, not yeah, that's true. Uh, well, night's night is young, right? Okay. Um, at at this point, then, Brett, I guess there's nothing to it but to actually do it. Let's let's do the plot in sixty seconds. Um, this is the part of the show for those of you tuning in for the first time to listen to our Leprechaun Origins episode. First of all, if you are, who hurt you? Uh, and second of all, uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we, at the behest of the Coin of Justice, which is a beautiful. Uh, pound sterling given to us by our number one fan tucker uh you may be a fan of this podcast but unless you're willing to buy us a pound sterling to actually have a coin to flip you'll never be our number one fan thanks tucker uh he also wrote our theme music uh that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode so um thank you for that as well unless there's a uh ice nine kills leprechaun themed song that you want to put at the end of this one they have not done a leprechaun song surprisingly enough gee i wonder why Because they've got taste. Hey, you said it. Uh, not me. Um, so uh, so we are going to flip the coin of justice. The coin of justice will then determine uh, which of us, Brett or myself, will recount the plot of Leprechaun Origins, such as it is, in 60 seconds or less. So, Brett, I have the coin of justice here, uh, and it literally says justice on it. It's got Lady Justice on one side. That's heads and a, uh, a coat of arms on the back. That is tails. Brett, go ahead and call it in the air. Heads. And it is tails, my friend. And I can actually show you because I have a physical coin now. It is tails, which means, Brett, that it falls to you and you alone yep. to recount the plot of Leprechaun Origins from 2014 in 60 seconds or less. Let me sheath the corner of justice back into its case from whence it came until it is once again needed. And then I will put 60 seconds on the clock. Let me tell you, I don't feel like I'm going to need all 60 seconds. <laughs> but you're going to use them. Uh, am I? Yes. <laughs> oh, you bell. Mm. Harumph, harumph, harumph. All right, Brett. Um, when, whenever you are ready, I will go ahead and start the clock. Yeah, go for it, man. Your time. She starts right now. All right, so four college kids are vacationing, backpacking in Ireland. Um, they take a day trip out to this old village um where the friendly locals they're like hey 
you want to come out to this see these caves where some stuff happened? Um, so they do, and it turns out it's a trap. And really, they're sacrifices for leprechauns because these idiots stole gold from this leprechaun from their cave a long time ago. So now they have to sacrifice tourists. 30 seconds. So the leprechaun does not kill the townspeople. Um, but they escape. Um, leprechaun hunts them down. Townsfolk hunt them down. Um, people die over the course of this movie, one by one. Townsfolk and teenagers alike. Um, 10 seconds. And the guy gets his spine ripped out. Um, lady escapes. Cuts his head off. Calls him Lucky Charms. Cuts his head off. Then manages to escape, chased by multiple leprechauns. And that is time. Wow. Jo- you you really did use every second there. Yeah, I thought I could have condensed it sooner. But I, yeah, you're right. I used more. I mean, you were kind of dragging there for a while. Like, here's the thing, though, Brett. How dare you leave out the best kill in this entire movie in your plot in 60 seconds? Which is the best one? The one where not Final Girl um, is like hiding outside and the leprechaun finds her and shoves her back in and her friends murder her face with axes. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. I was about to ask you, Brett, what is the funniest moment in this movie and why is it the moment when What's-Her-Face gets killed with axes? I feel like the funniest part comes a few minutes later um, when she justifiably freaks out because she just killed her friend. Um but then snaps back into final girl mode as if nothing happened. <laughs> uh, character motivations are wild. I, I am learning thanks to Wikipedia that um, not final girl's name is Jenny and final girl's name is Sophie. And okay. you could have fooled me. Yeah. If you had put a gun to my head and told me to name the final girl, I would not have been able to do it. Oh gosh, no. And I just watched this movie yesterday. Like, uh, is, no, not going to happen. Um, I will tell you, the MVP of this movie, though, is uh, the curmudgeonly um, uh, towns uh, person who uh, who is the one who convinces them to uh, to get locked in the cabin. And that's saying a lot because he's he's fine. Yeah, I'm, he's but, okay. but uh, here's the thing. He's uh, he's a halfway decent actor, actually manages to pull off an Irish accent pretty well. And um, is uh, is affable enough that you're like, hey, I kind of like that guy. Um, He is. uh, So this movie uh, will shock no one when I tell you that this movie uh, was filmed in Canada and populated mostly by Canadian actors. The actor's name is Gary Chalk, uh, and he has provided the voices uh, for uh, Optimus Primal and Optimus Prime in uh, in a, a number of the Transformers English dubs. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was also apparently in Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, He was also in the 2014 Godzilla and The Fly 2, the sequel to the David Cronenberg film. Oh, neat. Which is, uh, what if Eric Stoltz was Jeff Goldblum's son? Yep. Yep. That's what that movie is. I I mean, I've, I've seen the sequel to The Fly once. Many, many years ago. Which is one more time than I've seen it, so. I don't really remember anything about it. So it's one of those situations where I saw it, but did I actually? <laughs> Probably not. No. Nope. Um, well, yes, but it actually, no. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. This movie sucks. Um, what, do, what do you want? <laughs> There's, it is very little redeeming value, if any at all. I, I'm Look, man, it's... 
this movie is maybe the most Canadian British mo- or uh, Irish set movie ever. Like it doesn't even really look like Ireland because you think of Ireland, you think of these like lush green rolling hills. And this thing looks like it's set smack dab in the countryside of British Columbia. Like you tell me it's set in British or it would it's a British Columbia set movie. I'm like, yeah, OK, I believe you. Because by and large, this is a Canadian franchise. Like most of these movies are filmed in Canada for the tax breaks. Like the production values are pretty low, which is not to say that all Canadian cinema has low production values. But let's be honest, if you're making a movie on a budget, it's easier to make it in Canada than it is in the United States. Um, you know, you can Very you true. can your 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 dollar can go further over there is what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, there's. um there's a lot to be said for the Canadianness of this franchise. Um, but I mean, you know, the entries in this franchise where it, it, you know, the movie is set in Los Angeles, but really British Columbia, or it's set in Las Vegas, but really Vancouver. Like it, it's very obvious. These are, these are not the places that they're supposed to be. It's set in space, but really, you know, a studio in Vancouver, like, How do they get Vancouver to look like Vegas? Uh, they don't. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> that, that, that's the funny thing, Brett. They don't. Um, they have casinos in Vancouver, and they look nothing like the casinos in Vegas. But hey, a casino's a casino, right? No. Close enough? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, I three is appropriately bananas like there's there's some redeeming value in three which is again more than i can say for this one this is maybe my second least favorite one in the franchise the worst one of course being leprechaun in space um which is just egregious on multiple levels um but this one gosh this one is not much better if i'm if i'm being real real honest like and again i think it's because by making this into a by by giving this franchise a gritty reboot, you are in essence betraying everything that this franchise is like on its face. Like there's no humor uh, because, again, gritty reboots, you can't have humor. It's always got to be this dark, dour affair that leaves everyone ultimately more depressed than when they came in. And that's what this movie is doing. The only way this movie could have been more depressing is if they actually did kill the final girl, which I half expected them to do. I was a little surprised when she got away at the end. Well, they wanted this to be a franchise, Stephen, you see. So they wanted to make sure that we had... Yes, and and there's never been a franchise entry where all the main characters die and then other people come back in the sequel to Avenge them. That never happens. Ah, look, do you think this movie's that smart? Um, I don't know. I, I, I want it to be smarter. I'd probably have a better time if it were smarter, look, but look, it's me not. too. I'm the one sitting here going, look, there's a skeleton of a good movie here. And right. I, there's just so many horror tropes mm-hmm. in this movie. You, you could like, give me a list of your top 10 horror movie tropes. Let's watch Leprechaun Origins and check them off whenever <laughs> you see them. Take a shot whenever you see a trope and you'll be drunk in the first 20 minutes. Yep. Like, I mean, and you're absolutely right. Like this movie is there. It doesn't feel like there's an original idea in this movie's head. Like everything that's even remotely decent about it seems to be cribbed from somewhere else. Right. Like it's got this very like hackneyed Frankenstein approach. But unfortunately, when it comes down to it, like I said before, it's not any better than the sum of its parts. Like it, 
it's hurt because of that, as opposed to being better because of that. There's, there is an art to blending ideas together. There's, there's a way to do that and make it seem fresh and interesting and new. And I think part of the fact, partially because this movie comes 11 years after the reboot trend started and partially because it's, it's such a betrayal of everything this franchise had been up to this point. And honestly, it feels like they took another script and did a rough pass where they just wrote leprechaun in like crossed out a word and wrote in leprechaun at one point or like put a little carrot in and wrote leprechaun that they can make this a leprechaun movie and just, I don't know, call it a leprechaun reboot. Cast that little guy from the WWE. It's fine. Like seems to very much be the cynical attitude behind this film. Which I thought was weird. Cause like, like, you know, WWE, whenever they produced a movie, they would, shoehorn in wrestlers into it right right and they do this they did this to better effect with uh see no evil right was that the one with i think that was the one with with kane um Mm -hmm. that one was half decent if i recall i was also a horror fan or not a horror fan a wrestling fan at the time okay so you have thoughts on uh no he was he was during the period of time where uh, I was not watching wrestling. I see. Uh, but here's the thing. You can't tell it's him. Right. He is under so much makeup. Like, it. again, he doesn't even resemble a leprechaun. Like, if you look at the... Um, the, the the poster that we used for our teaser on Tuesday of this past week for this movie, it shows you a picture of what the leprechaun looks like. And it's not even something recognizable as human. It looks it has more in common with a xenomorph than it does with Warwick Davis's leprechaun. Yeah, that's why this is just and even in the lore of this movie, it's just a straight up like Irish folklore cryptid. It's not a leprechaun. It's some sort right. of other fairy. Yeah, it's. It's something else in the pantheon of fairies in Irish folklore. It's not a leprechaun. Right. And I mean, to hear Dylan Postal talk about it or Hornswoggle uh, to his friends, I suppose, um, to hear him talk about it. This was a franchise that WWE purchased, I guess, as a way of giving him a vehicle to star in. Like I, in, in his words, it was like, well, I guess we already have a leprechaun. So why not? And I mean, Hornswoggle was a leprechaun themed wrestler, as I recall. So like that was very much his shtick. But then again, and then you turn him into something that's so antithetical, even to the notion of a leprechaun that like, why? And, and Postal himself is, it's not like he's a fan of the franchise. Like he, again, by his own admission is not a horror fan. Is afraid of the dark. So doesn't even really like horror movies had not seen a leprechaun movie prior to this and probably hasn't since, if I'm being honest, like, like this doesn't seem like the right thing, the right vehicle for him. And yet here we are. Not to mention that if I recall, he's gone on record as saying he didn't even like the Hornswoggle character just because it was so stereotypical. Like in, right. in the age of the eighties, late eighties, mm-hmm. most of the eighties, actually it was normal for these well, even in some of the 90s, early 90s. Mm. Uh, very stereotypical wrestling characters. Right. Uh, very, very racist in some cases. Yeah. Um, painfully in, in many pain- cases. Yeah. Yes, painfully. Uh, so it was weird to see that sort of thing being done again 
mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you, you, you have a, um, a, a short person playing a leprechaun character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, come on. Right. Could you not? And I mean, these conversations are still happening. I mean, Peter Dinklage recently went on record kind of lamenting the fact that Disney is choosing to do a live action remake of Snow White and they approached him to play one of the seven dwarfs. And he's like, really, we're, we're still doing this. It's 2020. Good Lord. And like he went kind of public with that idea. And I mean, the, he, he got a little he got some backlash for it from people who uh, don't see what the big deal is. But I mean, honestly, like, come on, it we, we can do better. Yeah, we're we're at a point in society where we can do better. Right. It's uh, not can hard. and should do better, quite frankly. Yeah. And I, I mean is it good that they're getting work? Sure, but like they could get work just playing a regular character. Exactly. And and that's and but and again, that's a part of the kind of discussion on inclusivity that's kind of been uh, brushed aside, really, is you know. Yes, people of different races are being considered for different characters. I think that's a great thing. But people of different statures may not be. Um, I mean, Peter Dinklage is is an actor now who's got enough clout on his own to be able to say, make a Cyrano de Bergerac movie happen, like all on his own. That's largely thanks to his clout from from Game of Thrones. Um, but again, that that character that he played there was written as a little person. And so that was the reason he got cast. It it wasn't like, I don't know. We, we talked about Peter Dinklage in our elf episode and how smart that casting was and how well that worked. But again, that's a character written for a little person. It just happens to be played by someone with an incredible acting talent. Um, I don't know. I, I think we should, we should give more uh, little person actors a, a chance to shine outside of just the stereotypical little person roles. I, I, from what I've read, most little person actors would rather just be seen as actors as opposed to little people actors. As they should be. Right. It's just, that's just bar bar is bar is too low. Exactly. Just bare minimum should be that they're looked at as just regular actors. Like, I don't exactly. really see the problem there. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, I mean, yeah, would, would definitely love to see more of that for, for all little person. And here's the thing. I think the only movie I've actually ever seen, uh, Dylan Postal act in is Muppets Most Wanted, which came out the same year as this movie. And here's the thing. I didn't even know it was him. He plays prisoner number one in Muppets Most Wanted in the scene with like Danny Trejo and Ray Liotta and, you know, at the, at the Russian gulag prison with Tina Fey, like he's, he, that's, he's in that movie for a little bit as one of the many many celebrity cameos in that scene but you know uh, i haven't seen that film i wouldn't know um it's okay a lot of people would argue it is better than the uh the 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 earlier 2011 disney muppets movie i don't know okay. that i would make that argument but many would okay so there you go maybe we'll talk about it soon maybe not that movie but maybe we'll talk about it soon. Maybe we'll talk about the Muppets soon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about the Muppets soon. Maybe we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about the Muppets soon. Who knows? Wink. Um. Who can say 
not me. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Like this, there's, there's a lot wrong with this movie. Um, the acting is not particularly impressive. Again, I think my favorite parts of the movie were the, the, the Irish townspeople, because again, the, 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 the main characters are about as compelling as chalk dust and, uh, about as white too. <laughs> yeah. And again, none of them are likable. No, there, there's not, you, you don't want them to succeed. I remember thinking, I can't wait for all of them to die. It was just, they're all so bad. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah, you're right. There's, there's nothing really redeeming about any of these characters. There's no sense of, um, and I, I don't know for me, that's kind of the, when I go to see a slasher, I, w- I don't want to root for the villain. I know I'm kind of in the minority here, but I'm actually rooting for the, the, the teenagers to survive, but if they're not likable, and and that kind of becomes the norm in horror movies up to a point because we have because people are coming back for the villain so they need to be rooting for the villain which means they need to be rooting against the teenagers so let's make these people as unlikable as possible let's give our our uh, our horror villain a a sympathetic origin slash backstory um, by by making a, a dumb needless prequel movie like Hannibal Rising or Leatherface from 2017 like. Why does that movie need to exist? I don't know. But apparently we need our horror villains to be sympathetic because they're they're the characters we're rooting for. We're not rooting for the people that he's tearing up with a chainsaw or the people he's eating. Um, You know, it's got to be the, you know, I don't know, the rest of it. I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I usually... I've never understood that about some horror fans that they root for the slasher. I'm like, I'm... I mean, that's what I love about the scream franchise, right? It's, it's a franchise that is built around the survivors. It's built around the people that live, that make it through. Um, that's what I love about it. And, and the villain is disposable. Literally the villain is a different person in every movie. Um, I, I like that. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's kind of, I think an, an interesting way to kind of send up, a lot of what I would consider the more toxic elements of slasher movies. But I I mean, the leprechaun is kind of a tangential slasher, I suppose. Like I think he's got a kitchen knife in a couple of those movies. He's got sharp claws. I don't know. I mean, he's he's a slasher in the same sense that like people consider the first Terminator a slasher movie. Like it's just, he's one supernatural entity picking off annoying teens. Sure. Young adults. That's a slasher movie. Yeah. My I man, yeah. touche, point taken. I mean, you and you do get a, a revisit of Jennifer Aniston's iconic line from the first movie. Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Um, what, what a line. What a moment. Truly the best of cinema. Truly the high point. Cinema has, has never been the same um, as it was when uh, when that happens. Um, Man, I don't know. I, I don't like this franchise. I'm not a fan of this movie. I'm not a, honestly, I, and I, I I don't know if this has been clear in some of the 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 times we've brought this up before. I'm not a big fan of the 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 slasher reboot to begin with. Like that's not a particular thing I'm I'm fond of really. It seemed to work very rarely, and only toward the beginning. Yeah. Like it didn't really seem to work much beyond like the first few entries. Like I would call 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 may be the third best entry in that franchise. Now, again, that's a low bar to clear, but, you know, and again, if you like that franchise by and large, that's fine. Um, it's it's not one that I'm particularly fond of, but there you go. Yeah, Friday the 13th, a movie we've talked about. Very, mm-hmm. very good. Very, very good remake. Yeah, but I would say that's the exception rather than the rule. Um, oh, you know, for sure. For sure. And we've got all sorts of problems. I, I do want to say, apparently I was incorrect. It was not uh, Jennifer Aniston who said, uh, fuck you, Lucky Charms. It was actually Robert High Gorman. So do not come after me, internet. I can't really imagine there's a whole lot of like leprechaun super fans out man, there. you'd be surprised. It's the internet, man. I suppose, but uh, come on. It it feels like one of those look the, the leprechaun franchise feels like one of those situations where um you'll go to a horror convention and you'll buy like you'll buy a figure of the leprechaun and look like I have a leprechaun figure. Mm-hmm. Like you buy a shirt with a leprechaun on it, or you buy like I don't know, like a pillow with a leprechaun on it. You don't really watch the movies. It I feel like the leprechaun character has transcended the films. Like he's you could probably put him up in the pantheon of notable slashers, but that's not because his movies are good. Mm-hmm. It's just because he's I don't know if I want to say iconic, but he kind of is. Like, he, I mean, the character itself, the character design is fairly iconic. Like that, that I can't argue. And the fact that, I mean, because he essentially becomes, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the unenfranchised episode or not, he essentially kind of becomes Freddy Krueger in that he starts as this kind of deeply menacing figure that doesn't say much. And then over the course of the franchise, eventually becomes a wisecracking, um, you know, pun making you know, little stinker, I guess. Which, if you ask me, is more accurate to what a leprechaun is. Probably. More mischievous. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, the look, it's, it's, it's not a good franchise. It's not a consistent franchise, which, again, is maybe part of its charm. And I think the people that love it love it for those reasons, like that it doesn't take itself too seriously, that it leans into what it – that it knows what it is, leans into it, and doubles down on it. Like puts its thing down, flips it and reverses it. You know, that's that's what they love about this franchise for for good or ill. And I I mean, here's the thing. This franchise would not have a total of eight entries in it if people didn't love it. Right. But this one seems to be almost universally derided. Like people do not like because, again, at the end of the day, it's like, who is this for? Because it's not for fans of the original Leprechaun franchise, because it has almost no similarity to those films whatsoever. And it and people that aren't fans of the Leprechaun franchise aren't really going to go out of their way to watch it either. So when it comes right down to it, it's a movie with no audience built in. And then the release schedule was laughable at best. Um, so 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 let's get into this. Um, the movie has a very limited theatrical release. It is the first Leprechaun movie to have a theatrical release since Leprechaun Two. Back in 1994, so in 20 years, it's the first theatrical release for a Leprechaun movie in 20 years. It comes out on August 25th, 2014, and then is released on VOD the next day, August 26th. It comes out on VOD, and then the Blu-ray release is just a little over a month later in September. 
like September 30th. So this movie's like this movie had zero chance of getting a following, of getting an audience, because there wasn't even a chance to develop any kind of word of mouth. It's really surprising. But mm-hmm. it is also look, it's also a WWE produced film. Right. And those were really just at the end of the day, those were purchased just to be vehicles for the wrestlers exactly. and to be just a quick cash grab, um, a very ill-advised branching out um, from Vince McMahon. Sure, um, sure, sure. And I don't know if they still produce movies. I don't feel like they do. Um, uh, I can find out. I don't. I don't feel like I've seen a WWE produ- produced movie in a long time. Uh, WWE Studios, their last movie was a movie called Rumble, uh, which came out in 2021 on Paramount Plus. And it is apparently, oh, it was that animated film uh, with Will Arnett about a bunch of monsters that wrestle. All right. Well, a theatrically released WWE film. I mean, there probably weren't uh, fighting with my family in 2019. Oh, that one. Yeah. I remember that one. With The Rock and us being able to smell what he's cooking and whatnot. Sure. Actually playing himself in that film. Right. At uh, playing himself bald at a time when he probably would have had hair. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, do you think The Rock is actually bald and that's why he started shaving his head? Um. Well... If I recall, when he had hair, it was pretty goofy looking to begin with. Um, I mean, he he had that like the big pompadour there for a while, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't I mean, call it that. There was a reason people always like wanted him to be Johnny Bravo, right? Like he always had like this. I I seem to remember him with like this high hair. Maybe I'm misremembering. I was never. Here's the thing. I'm not the wrestling fan. Um. But like I seem to, I, I don't know. I see, maybe it's just the way that his head is shaped. But I always thought he had like really tall hair. I mean, he, he had tall hair, but like he never really, he never had like a pompadour, like play Johnny Bravo style. All right, I am looking at a picture of him from two thousand nine, and that is a very receded hairline. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna say The Rock uh, decided to just embrace baldness in the same way that Bruce Willis and uh, John Travolta did. I mean, that tracks. Shaving and, like, and like I was, I was a very big wrestling fan in the nineties, mm-hmm. like most nineties kids were. Sure, I smelled what the Rock was cooking. What did it smell like? Um, pie. Mm, I enjoy pie. Uh, you know, I I wanted to enjoy a uh, can of Steve Weiser's with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> was that an actual thing? It was. Oh, man. See, I'm, again, not a wrestling fan, so this is all news to me. Uh, and then I stopped um, in the early 2000s, uh, probably around 2005. Mm-hmm. And then came back to it many, many years later and then fell off again because the WWE is terrible. I'm, I believe it. The storytelling is garbage. The wrestling is fine. Sure. Uh, but it doesn't really get um, uh, spotlighted hardly enough. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good. 
just not good. Yeah. And I mean, again, it, I, I'm, I'm told that, you know, my, my flair for the theatrical and my love of the theatrical would probably make me a, a good hook for wrestling, but I'm just like, eh, it's also a lot of sports and I'm not big on sports. So. It's not, it's not sports. It's just not sports, Stephen. It's sports uh, entertainment, first of all. Uh, get that right. Vince McMahon would hate you for calling uh, it sports. Whatever. Um, it, I don't know. It's a bunch of athletes, and I just, eh. It's not my thing, man. Well, like, I'm not going to try to convince you because it's not my thing anymore either, is it? Well, touche. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Leprechaun Origins. What 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 else do we have to say about Leprechaun Origins, Brett? Because I am running out of things to say about this movie. Nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, like what I forgot to mention earlier. As you can say, my favorite kill was the spine ripping. That was pretty cool. Yeah, ripping, uh, ripping. What's this dude's spine out of his back? That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I was into that. Yeah, this um, was pretty good. Um, uh, wait, hold on, hold on, real quick. Oh what? yeah. What happened? Hey, what happened? What happened to the, the the son, the one who was against doing the killing? Um, he um pushed his father down the stairs, right? And then the leprechaun ate his dad, right? And then leprechaun came up the stairs and killed him. Wasn't oh, he, did he? Wasn't he the dude that got his spine ripped out? No, no, that was uh, Final Girl's gaslighting boyfriend. Was it? Yeah. I'm going to search. Um, was, uh, okay. Yep. You're right. Ripping his spine out. Uh, Sean pushes Hamish in the cellar out of guilt for letting his father uh, and his villagers sacrifice so many people over the years. The leprechaun kills Hamish in the cellar, much to Sean's devastation. Sean is never seen again. Colin, presumably the lepre- leprechaun killed him too, or he escaped. Seems like okay. uh, seems like a pretty pretty big dangling plot. So maybe that's your sequel. Maybe it's like Sean Renegade. Yeah, he's the one that helps the Space Marines. <laughs> I love how how completely hooked you are on the Space Marines idea. That's that's great. I mean, look, you, you, you leprechaun, leprechauns, mm-hmm. Space Marines. I mean, you put an S at the end. Dollar sign. <laughs> with with dollar signs. Right. You just make so much fucking money. Sure. Uh, I mean, you're bound to make more than this movie made. Leprechaun Origins came out, as we mentioned before, August 25th, 2014. For a theatrical run so limited, there are no box office receipts. Uh, the domestic box office on the numbers is N.A., uh, however, it is estimated that this movie did make about $2 million in domestic video sales. So, you know, we got that going for us, which is nice. Um, the, there's not even an estimated budget for this thing. Like, man, what, what, mm, this movie? Ah, well, um, the, well, I guess let's do the box office because why not? Uh, in number one, new this week is a movie called If I Stay. Uh, what if I stay? Uh, in second place, in its 22nd, uh, it's been out for 22nd, 22 days, is down to number two, uh, down from one the week before, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's made $239 million in just 22 days in theaters. So that's something, three weeks in theaters. 
in third place is the Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has been in theaters for 14 days and has made one hundred and thirty three million dollars. Um, in fourth place is the movie Let's Be Cops. What if we were cops? Um, that movie uh, is down from third place. It's been in theaters for oh, a week and a half. And then uh, in fifth place, uh, a movie I've never heard of opening this week called When the Game Stands Tall, uh, which is, um, I don't know, probably a sports movie, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Pretty, pretty, un, pretty lackluster box office, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, rounding out the top 10, you've got the Sin City sequel, A Dame to Kill For, which is the reason we can't do Sin City on this podcast. Um, why would we want to? <sighs> In seventh place, a movie we probably will cover on this podcast one day, The Giver. Uh, in eighth place, The Expendables 3. In ninth place, The Hundred Foot Journey. And in 10th place, Into the Storm. So I don't know. There's the box office. It's, uh, that's that box office is about as good as this movie. That's a pretty piss poor box office. Yeah, in the exception of Guardians, it's kind of just it's bad. Mm-hmm. We're bad. Um, and um, the Tomatometer score for Leprechaun Origins is zero point zero. It has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes based on seven reviews. Um, big damn oof. Uh, to quote someone uh, on um, Letterboxd, Leprechaun Origins, more like Leprechaun Borigins. Uh, there is actually absolutely no Metacritic score on this movie, and the Letterboxd rating is 1.2. Brett, out of five stars, how do you rate Leprechaun Origins? I gave it a one star for the reason I mentioned earlier. There's a skeleton of a potentially good horror movie here, and they fucked it up real bad. Yeah, I'm, I originally went one and a half, but after talking it over, I'm like, it doesn't deserve more than a one. It's a one for me, dog. It's it's pretty awful. Um, again, if you like it, I'm happy for you, but I don't know many people that like this movie. So uh, if you do like it, uh, let us know why. Disenfranchpod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on the social media disenfranchpod on Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can also uh, follow me. I'm Steven on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. I'm at Chewy Walrus. Brett, where can we find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at sus underscore warlock. And uh, while you're out there on the internet doing internet-y things, uh, be sure to swing by uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a nice juicy five-star rating and review, please and thank you. Review doesn't have to be long, but that does go a really long way to helping us find uh, more of an audience. And we like doing this for you. We'd probably like doing it for a few more people, too, maybe. I don't know. And um, while, you're, while you're doing that, hey, swing on by patreon.com slash disenfranchpod where you can find our aforementioned episode on leprechaun back to the hood um did we think it was better or worse than this movie uh you'll have to listen to that episode to find out because we definitely make our thoughts on that pretty clear um at any rate this has been the saint patty's day episode of the disenfranchised podcast that was a mess um hey i told you they weren't going to be good irish accents so you get what you get baby um, and uh, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, for my co-host, Brett Wright, and myself, they're after me, Lucky Charms. Is this going to be another leprechaun hunt, Stephen? Game over, man. Game over. <laughs>